daf lamed aleph lamed aleph. Intentions are not enough. It's not the intention that counts. Hechdesh taut. You often hear in English people saying it's the intentions that count, and we don't realize when we say these things that uh, it's not that's not a Jewish idea at all. Uh, it's not the intention that counts in, in, in Torah, and we'll understand that, and we'll explore the relationship between an intention and, and an action. Uh, but it's just an example. We spoke the other day about the fact that a Torah Jew is somebody who's, whose worldview is molded by the Torah, not by social norms. And this theme has come up several times in the last few days. Conflicts between the social norms and Torah thinking. And a Torah Jew is able to mold his or her thinking around around the Torah, not the other way around. Uh, and not an attempt to try and adjust the Torah to, to modernity, uh, but rather to see modernity through the eyes of the Torah. That doesn't mean being root in antiquity. It means being able to uh, align with the Torah in a world of modernity, to be able to live a modern life that is aligned with the Torah in the way we see and the way we act. And one of the examples is this, to, to, to say that it's the thought that counts. Um, it isn't really. The thought doesn't count. It's the action that counts. And the fifth peric of, of Nozir, which we start today, starts off with the, the idea of a hekdesh ta'ut. A person is makdish something by mistake. He dedicates something to the Beis Hamikdash and he doesn't intend to be doing, he didn't intend to, to say exactly what he said. There's a, there's a discord between the thought and the intention. And this opens up the way for us to explore this idea of, of unintentionality and what that means. The, uh, we're dealing with hektish betawot because then we'll get in afterwards to nazirut betawot. A person becomes a nazir by mistake. So we've got all these areas. We've got Hekdesh, we've got Nazir, and we've got Nadarim, which, we, which we've had. Uh, and we know that they're all linked, that we learn that the power of Nadir comes from the power of Hekdesh, and that Nazir is, is something like that too, that the, uh, Nazir becomes an object of Hekdesh, so to say. He becomes a sanctified being. And we know that in Nadarim, uh, making a neder by mistake is an important idea because it allows for uh, for petach. It allows one to to get a neder undone, uh, where you say to the chacham, "Had I known all the facts at the time I made the neder, I would never have made the neder." And then the chacham can be matir the neder because it was made unintentionally. So in neder, we see there's a power of unintentionality to undo the the action. Uh, but generally, that isn't so because we know that for a, a, a hate which is committed in error, person does does something wrong, but it wasn't his intention. It was it was an error. You have to bring a korban chatat. You still have to go to the base hamikdash and bring a korban chatos and do teshuva. Why? I didn't intend to do anything wrong. It happened by mistake. So we see that doesn't matter. It's still a hate. The fact that you have to bring a korban chatat means a shogei is still a hate. You did something unintentionally, it's still a chet. And if it's still a chet, how does tshuva even work? How can you undo something that is real? That's part of the chidush of tshuva, that we can undo it. But it has to be undone, even though it was unintentional, it has to be undone. You can't say it's the thought that counts and my thought was not to do something wrong, but the fact is you did something wrong. And we think of that as quite harsh, but in laws of damages, we know that in every society, 
You can't hit somebody else's car and say, oops, sorry, didn't intend that, bye. You're still responsible. So in, in laws of damages, Ben Adam Chavero, we know this idea that intention is not what counts. But, but somehow when we get into Torah and our relationship to Hashem, we think it's all about intention. And we get into our relationship with one another when it doesn't involve damage, we also think it's the thought that counts. Uh, but, but there's a, such contradiction between that and the way we actually operate. So what if a person does hektish taut? The person makes a, uh, is maktish, he dedicates an animal for a korban or for the Beis Hamikdash. But it wasn't his intention. Beis Shammai says, hektish, tough luck. You, you said the words, you did the hektish, it, it's hektish. And Beis Hillel says, ain't hektish. And Beis Hillel says, if you look in, in, the, uh, in Rashi, ho'il velonit kaimud varav, enek desho kadosh. His words are not carried out. What does that mean? If you go further in the Mishnah, the Mishnah explains. Ketzad, what kind of mistake are we talking about? And the, the Mishnah brings a very interesting case, which the Gemara analyzes. Amar shor mi beti rishon hektesh. A man says, the first black ox, the first black cow ox that walks through the gate, that will be hektesh. Yatsalavan. And the first animal to walk through the gate was a white, a white ox, not a black one. Bet Shammai hektish. Bet says so. Then the white one is hektish. Bet hektish. Bet says not, not so. Why says Rashi? Because Lonit He said the first black one to go out, the first one to go out wasn't black, so his words are meaningless. They're cancelled. Says Bet you can't cancel words. They were said. They mean something. Yes, but that's not what he intended. But that's what he said. And Tosfus explains that the, the, the situation we're talking here is What Beshamai means is his intention was really to give away to the Beis Hamikdash or to make a korban out of the first ox that walked out. He just assumed he saw the way the oxen were walking and that the head of the pack was, was a black ox. So he made an assumption the black ox is going to be. He says, when that black ox walks out first, from that moment, he's hectish. He made a mistake. He thought the black one would come out first. Therefore, what Beishama is teaching us is that his intention was to be Makdish, the first ox, and the first ox that came out was... Uh, it was white, it doesn't matter. I said a black ox, and now he wants to go back and say, no, 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 this ox is, this is not a black ox. I said a black ox. We'd, we say, no, that was just a mistake. You made an assumption that the black ox would go out first, and you were wrong. Your assumption was wrong. Okay, but in the Darim, we know that if my assumption is wrong, and I made the neder on the basis of a wrong assumption, I can undo the neder. Why can't I undo the hektish? Says to us, no. But that very question about the relationship between Hektish and Neder, Tosfus deals with very interestingly in, in Bova Basra. So in Bova Basra, Dafchuf we've got a Gemara where the Gemara asks, What about the Gemara is discussing whether there is or isn't She'elah Behektish? Can you go to a Chochom and say, Yes, I was Makdish this cow, that was my, that's what I did. But had I known all the circumstances, I wouldn't have done it. Can I undo my hektish? Can the Chacham say, yeah, undone, the same as he can with a neder? Because we know there's linkage. 
So ask the Gemara, what, what about Beit Shammai, who holds Ein She'elah Behektish? You can't do that. Where does Rav Sheshit learn from that Beit Shammai says there's no She'elah in Hektish? Beit Shammai doesn't say that anywhere. Ditanan Beit Shammai Omrim, our Mishnah. Hektish, ta'ut Hektish. Beit Shammai says mistakes don't, don't count with Hektish. And the whole basis of undoing a neder is it was a mistake, an assumption. And if Beit Shammai said mistakes don't count by hektish, that means you can't undo the hektish by saying, I made, I, I made a false assumption, I made a mistake. That's what Beit, Beit Shammai would seem to hold. So asks Tosfus, a be- beautiful Tosfus there in Bova Basra. It's, the opposite should be the case. From Beit Shammai you can prove that yesh she'elah behektish, that you can undo hektish with she'elah. How come? Explains Tosfus that... You should be able to prove the opposite. Because here we learn, according to Beit Shammai, What is Beit Shammai teaching us here? He says, I didn't mean, um, I, I didn't mean the white one, I meant the, I, I, I thought the, the one that comes out, we say no. Your intention was the first one that comes out. You said something different. But we've got to interpret your intention and apply your intention. That's what Beit Shammai says here. His intention was first one out. That's how Tosfus learns Beit Shammai. First one out is going to be Hectus. You thought the first one would be a black. You were wrong. But your intention was to give Hectus. The first animal would become Hectus. That was your intention. Says Tosfus, you see from there that intention trumps words. You've got to go by intention. In that case, in Neder, if a person says, my intention wasn't, was, if a person comes and wants to ask for, uh, to undo a hektish, he should be able to undo a hektish because he should go after the intention. This is the gem. The matman is in Rabbeinu Tam. What does Beit Shammai teach us in our Mishnah? That thought and does word where the word is ambiguous. We're not talking about where the word's not ambiguous. The word is ambiguous. He said black and then the white one came out first. Now we've got to interpret, did he mean first or did he mean, is the color what was important or is the order what was important? Does he mean the first one out is hectish or does he mean the black one is hectish? So we interpret that he means the first one out is hectish. So in that case, thought is used to cancel the 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 paradoxical words. What about when the thought is is unclear, but the words are clear? If thought can clarify words and even cancel words, certainly words can cancel thoughts. That kavachomer is what what I want to focus on for a moment in in Rabbeinu Tam. That, that, that if thoughts can cancel, if you can use an intention to interpret words, you can certainly use words to interpret thoughts. And that's why when it comes to Hatarat Nadarim, we, the, the, you'll remember we've mentioned it many times, we learned it in Chagiga, the Mishnah on Daf Yud. Heten Nadarim porchim ba'avir ve'en lahem amashi yismechu. The idea of Heten Nadarim is so alien. How can you do that? A person's made a neder. How can you undo it? What do you mean, how can you know that? He didn't intend to. 
But who cares about intention? We see from Rabbeinu Tam that, that Dibur, it's the words that interpret intention, not intention that interpret words. Person says, I, you know, I, I called you, a, you know, you called somebody in something nasty. You're an idiot. I didn't mean you're an idiot. No, no, no. That's what you said. Don't tell me you didn't mean. You said you're an idiot. That means you meant that that's what you meant. We use the words to interpret the thoughts, not the other way around. So, and so when you apologize, you don't say, so it wasn't my intention. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, what a terrible thing. I said to you, I called you an idiot. That What a terrible thing to have done. We've got to relate to the action. So how can you undo a neder? So the Gemara goes on there in, in, in Chagiga and learns from Lo Yachel Dvaro, Hu Mochel The big chidush we learn from, the Gemara looks and searches to try and find. How do we come to Lo Yachel, how, how do we come to the fact that a neder can even be undone? Says the, says the Gemara, we learn it from Hu Eino Mochel. A person can't undo their own words. A chochem can undo, can untie the knot. But again, we see the words are indelible. You can't undo words. It's a big chidush. It's a, a new idea that the Torah teaches us that you can undo the words of an edda. But by hektish, there you can't, you, you can't even undo it, is, is the way the Mishnah learns. That brings us an, to an understanding that is so important and unique in the Torah and is the foundation of the Sefer HaKuzri, which we haven't mentioned in the Matmanim yet. Sefer HaKuzri is a sefer of, of philosophy and hashkofa written by Rabbi Yehuda Alevi in the 12th century. And Rabbi Yehuda Alevi from, from Spain, we know the famous story, he wanted to come to Israel, he traveled to Egypt, eventually he catches a, catches a ship from Egypt to, to Israel. Some say the ship drowned, some say he got to Israel uh, and was killed by the first act of terrorism. A Muslim terrorist killed him as he was bowing down outside the, the gates of Yerushalayim and he's buried in, in Tiferi as far as we know. So Rabbi Yudha Levi writes the this, Sefer this based on a legend of 400 years earlier when there was the king of the Kuzas had a dream and he called all the Chachomim of the time to help him interpret the dream, a little like Paro. But the dream was a, a, good, a good dream where an angel was saying to him, Your intentions are good, but your actions aren't right. You're not doing the right things. And he calls in the Muslim mullah and he calls in the philosopher and he calls in the Christian priest to try and explain it to him. And he's unsatisfied with any of the interpretations. And eventually, and the reason is, he says, because at the end of the day, the Muslims and the Christians are fighting. They both believe in the same God. They're both L'Shem Shemayim. Everybody's L'Shem Shemayim. As I often say, Hitler meant L'Shem Shemayim too. He, he believed it was the right thing to do for Germany and for the greater good is to wipe out the Jews. Intention doesn't matter. It's L'Shem Shemayim. I meant L'Shem Shemayim. But look what you did. We've got to look at the actions. And the Kuzri says, I can't accept that, that, that it's about intentions because you see these two nations are fighting wars with one another, killing each other, all in the name of the same God and for the same greater good. There must be an action that is right and an action that is wrong. We've got to agree on actions, not on thoughts and intentions. And then the Chochem comes, the Torah, the Chover comes, the Talmud Chochem, and he explains Yiddishkeit to the, uh, to, to the Kuzar, the king of the Kuzars, and they go through this beautiful dialogue, and it's so beautifully done that the king of the Kuzars says, I've got to convert, this is, this is the religion I want us to be. And the Sefer HaKuzri is an important Sefer of Hashkafah, 
that the Vilna Gaon says is something that one of the Sforim one should learn. It's a Sefer Tahor, it's a pure Sefer, and one should, and one should learn it. Um, and in the Sefer we hear, this is the whole premise of the Sefer, is the king of the Kuzas discovers that it cannot just be about intentions. But what we see in this piece of Gemara with the Rabbi Tam in Bovavasa, what we see is, yes, it's true. And a chait that is committed by, by mistake without bad intention is still a chait. Still needs a choban chatat. It's a, it's a sin offering because it was a sin. So we get it. Actions are, are what count. But what about where the action is just dibur? You just said something. You didn't touch anybody else. You didn't damage anybody. You just said something. In, in the Torah, a, dibur, a, 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 a statement is an action as well. You can destroy people with dibur. You can hurt people with dibur. Uh, if you say something that's real, that's actual, that can't be taken back. It's a chidush that you can do tshuva. It's a chidush that you can undo a neder. But in hektish you can't even do, you can't even undo because the power of the word is so unbelievably bad. We've got to see our words as actions. You can't just think of your word as something, as something abstract. Uh, that's how important the, the rashon is. That's how important the dibur is. Uh, that it's not just the intentions that count. What we say counts. What we do counts. That's where the mitzvot are. The only time that a thought counts, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Metzarev Machshova is if you plan to do a good thing and circumstances make it impossible for you to carry it out. Then the Rebbe gives you the credit as if you did it. Then you say the thought counts because you would have done it if you could have. But if you just had a good thought and you never got around to implementing it, it doesn't count. It's nothing at all. It's, it, it's the action that counts and, and not the intention.